and welcome back to Manchester's Big Theatre Podcast. For this episode, we are going to be interviewing Garfield Allen, who runs Sustained Theatre Up North, uh, also known as STUN. It's an organisation that is a resident in the Z Arts building in Hume, uh, and it kind of takes over a part of that building and supports artists of culturally diverse backgrounds. Garfield also ran in the early 2000s The Green Room, which was a venue near Oxford Road and did a lot of what we might call now live art. And uh, he explains a little bit about that and the story behind that and actually how it closed down as well. So there's a story here about Manchester's present and also Manchester's past uh, and also Manchester's future. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Here with uh, at Z Arts at the Stun venue within Z Arts yep. uh, with Garfield Allen. Thanks for being here, Garfield. Right. So, first question: What what is Stun? Ah, good question. Um, <laughs> Stun is an acronym. It stands for um, Sustained Theatre Up North. About fifteen years ago, um, I used to do a lot of work at the um, Arts Council Arts Council uh, National Office based in London, and. Um, there was a theatre company called uh, uh, Tallaway Theatre who put in a capital bid of £5 million. Um, there was meant to be a theatre built um, in the midst of Westminster. I don't know what, what really happened there, but it, it didn't get approved and it didn't happen. We had a very good colleagues within the Arts Council who just kind of thought, wouldn't that be wonderful to sort of earmark that money and think about infrastructure for culturally diverse work? Okay. Um it took a lot of conversation. It took a lot of visioning, um, but um, and persuasion and coercion. But but we but we all knew um, in our hearts that you know there was a huge historical discrepancy in terms of how taxpayers' money, because that's what we're talking about, yeah, yeah. was being distributed throughout the land. Um, so then, what what happened? And we went up and down the country and had serious conversations with artists about what they thought they would need to actually help them and their ecology. Um, and it was as simple as that, really. So we had a series of questions, we went up and down. We actually had lots and lots of in-depth conversations. Um, and what we heard was, you know, people were finding it difficult to... Um, approach mainstream theatres for some reason uh, mainstream theatres are finding it difficult to engage with the unknown mm-hmm. um, there's always, there was always a, a little bit of fear there in terms of what does it mean to engage with with a black artist to make a piece of work on our main stages and all of that so we kind of put that all in a barrel mixed it all up and went okay um, let's try and Let's try and help both sides, basically. Yeah. Because um, um, I know that mainstream theatres, as we called it back in the day, were interested in that type of work, but had no access. Um, so we started to say, okay, let's let's get some hubs around the country, and um, and we went to all eight regions of the Arts Council as they kind of defined them, um, and set up um, eight hubs of um, work. And the idea was to connect that work to mainstream and just 
act as that sort of bridge or okay. introduction or broker. And that, that's how it all started, really. So sustained theatre up north is the... Is the northern north, one. Yeah. Northwest or the northern one? The, the northwest one. The northwest one. Yeah. And it is, as an organisation, is it... So it's not a theatre, it's not a theatre company, it's a... What kind of... What is as, as an organisation, Stun is uh, there to commission work, enable artists to make work. From our investigations, it was difficult that... that People wanted to get into theatres to be able to kind of play, fail, do what they want to do. But theatres aren't constructed in that sort of way. Um, cause my background is very much from a repertory background. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, you, what you would engage with a, you'd get your creative team together. You'd have three weeks to make a piece of work. And when I say make a piece of work, there are always the classics that one chose. Um, maybe it was Shakespeare, maybe it was Alan Bennett. You know, you made that piece of work with that ensemble that you had and then you presented it for three weeks and it would go on tour and then you'd start again type thing. So I've run theatres and I know it's very difficult. So it's not, I'm not pointing the finger here because I know what it's like. I know it's very difficult once you're on that sort of tread, I don't want to call it a treadmill, once you're on that sort of um, rhythm, um, then it's difficult to kind of go, okay, artist, I don't know who you are, but you want to make a piece of work. Uh, here's two weeks studio space right, to okay. sort of play and to see what it is you want to develop. And I think that's where Stun steps in, because we can we can do that. We can actually go, here's four weeks. Um, let's introduce you to a, an artistic director. Let's introduce you to um, some peers that, you know, halfway through your process, people can look at it, and you can get some, comp- some positive feedback or negative feedback. Um, that's how we do it. So to be more specific, so we wear... Stun engages in um, spoken word, uh, theatre and contemporary dance. And um, it's a studio space that we're sat in, which the seating can be retracted or opened up. And it's we're filling that sort of space where people can come in, talk to me that they've got an initial idea and actually be in the space to actually develop that. What you get from Stun is also some mentoring, some artistic direction, technical nous in terms of your show technically. Um, we're here to make sort of tour-ready work, if you like. Yeah, but it's yeah. aimed at working with, you've used the term culturally diverse, mm-hmm. so you're specifically working with... I'll tell you who you specific, te- Yeah, go on. I'll tell, tell you who you're specifically working with. It's quite interesting, isn't it? So culturally diverse means um, underrepresented groups such as... Um, I'm East Asian, South Asian, African, and Caribbean. Um, I've broadened up a little bit more than that yeah. to, you know, uh, third, uh, you know, oppressed peoples. I kind of feel comfortable with. So we're working with, you know, a Palestinian artist at the moment. Working with, um, you know, that sort of, you know, Mexican artists. So it's not as sort of defined as all of that. But yeah. we're we're here to sort of give the you know the leg up to this sort of communities which i have to say my colleagues up and down the country who are running main house theaters are interested in because they're a little bit sick of listening to the same old story over and over again or name them who they are but that's their feeling and their okay. and their and what we're trying to do is um, give you know give some sort of presence to unheard voices Great. and unheard stories which are interesting, for God's sake, because that's yeah. what life is. And and say a typical 
artist that's working with you, where are they in their career? Are they right at the beginning? Are they midway through? It's really interesting. Um, um, we talk about um, um, a cycle of artists at Stone. Um, so you could be anywhere, actually. Um, you could be um, an emergent artist um, um, who has never made a piece of work before, or who's made one piece of work before and wants to make a piece of work. Uh, you could interestingly be a visual artist or a photographer or a filmmaker or a dancer that actually wants to do spoken word, and we will help you through that transition. We are excellent at that. All right, okay. I think we found our niche within people from different art forms but now want to make spoken word or theatre. Yeah. We're really good at kind of moving people through that. Because, um, you know, a dancer's lifespan is a bit like a footballer. Yeah. Um, and I get to, then, you know, what do you do then as an artist and how do you express yourself then? Um, so we're, we, we've done that lots of times. We've worked with a really established artist who, you know, like Benji Reed, who have made lots of theatre, but now want to do play with photography and how that physicality and movement in photography and how do we present that. So if you hear what I'm saying, so we've had established artists who then go, I want to change my art form. Yeah. And we allow that. That's great for us because they are doing that and are actually mentoring other artists. Um, yeah. So that, that's the mix. So it's not a, so we're a, a mid career, uh, early, uh, early starters and, and established. And, um, but I think what we do well at Stun is how, how do we keep that dialogue? Because dialogue is very, very key to us. Um, how do we keep that core dialogue going between all those peoples and having that intergenerational conversation going on? Which I think is, yeah, a really powerful thing when, it, when you see it in action. And in any given year, how many artists are you working with? So. Um, it's really interesting because I, I know the answers to these questions because I just um, did an application form. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, no, so so last so so last financial year we worked with twenty two artists. Okay, in that way, um, all based in the northwest. All, 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 all not all based in the northwest. The majority is northwest, yeah. um, um, and we are here to service the northwest uh, is our first primary um, objective. Um, but we have um, dealt with people from uh, London and Birmingham and um, only because um, there isn't a space in the country like this that okay. is dedicated for that. So you, you get a lot of att attraction that people want. Go, oh, we've heard you've developed this. Can you help us? So we have started to open up a little bit nationally. But our focus is Northwest. Um and you've been involved for 15 years, did you say? For sustained theatre, for, yeah, for sustained theatre. I used to run a, an organisation called The Green Room. Yes, so that's what I want. So yeah. in terms of your journey, or th through, yeah. um, I was trying to research you online, yeah. and there's very little, I found one article on, in the BBC from 2006. Yeah. Uh, but what, what has been your, before you arrived here, or before you, even before you were at The Green Room, yeah. what... Uh, I kind of, yeah, good one. Um, I... Um, uh, um, did uh, <laughs> I did um, um, visual arts actually um, um, in Bristol, and then finished that degree in '87. Was looking for a job. Call it a Monday morning feeling when the jobs were all advertised. Arts jobs were all advertised in the Guardian on the Monday. Right. Okay. <laughs> 
they were. <laughs> People listening to this will go, yes, they were. <laughs> um, and I was looking through and I saw this venue called the Inkworks in, in St. Paul's in Bristol looking for a, a head of arts. So I thought, oh, what is this? I was 21 <laughs> and applied yeah. and got it. There's no way I should have got that job. Anyway, got the job, got the job and um, the rest has been history. Really. It was great because it was one of those sorts of jobs where, you know, you, you, you open the venue, you sort of swept it, you put the chairs out, you did the lighting, you put the sounds, you put it all away again, you mopped it, you locked the door, you put the alarm on and went home. It's one of those <laughs> jobs. And um, I'll never look back from one of those jobs because you did everything from the booking, the contractual, the promotion, the marketing, yeah. as I say, the closing up. And it's just really great to do that. Um, I did that for seven years um, and then moved on to something called um, City of Drama 94, which is a two-year job in Manchester. Then worked at the West Yorkshire Playhouse um, in Leeds. As, as, what did you do at the West Yorkshire Playhouse? As, as a producer, I was there for four years. Um, did that, so that was my repertory days, working with a lot of repertory stuff and learning how that system worked. Um, and, and, and was that a... a a deliberate move into theatre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a deliberate sort of... Because very much my beginnings was very much from um, community arts. Yeah. Uh, um, and, um, you know, how does how do you engage with... You know, some people that don't even call themselves artists. It's quite interesting when, you, when you're talking about certain communities because they won't look at it as a... I suppose it's the same with every community, but they, they'll look at arts as... You know, that's what you do as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as something that you do seriously and, and will put food on the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm that kind of guy going, yes, you can yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, have a good living. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's kind of, so did that first, then, then yeah, de- deliberately moved on to the um, repertory world, did that for four, five years. Um, and then, um, um, wanted to do the green room, which was um, all this sort of, it's where my head was really, because remember I started from a visual arts thing, because I mean, all my theatre that I've worked in has been quite visual and multi, multi art formed, if you like, so lots of projections, lots of digital, all that sort of stuff. Um, and green room was very much what people used to call, um, I don't really want to get into it, because it's a massive debate, live, live art. Okay. Um, as I'm not sure if you're aware of. <laughs> yes, I'm aware. Yeah, um, yes. Uh, um, which is great. I mean, I would just say it was very experimental theatre. Yes. Using okay. a lot of art forms. That wasn't just about writing mm-hmm. and linear narrative, beginning, middle, and end. It could, you could juxtaposition all of that and mess it all up a little bit and make it non-linear. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I ran the green room for 14 years. And so what, what, what was the green room? The green room was was that was was the experimental theatre of Manchester, and I think Manchester is still missing the green room. And it was under Oxford near Manchester Oxford it Road. It was on Whitworth Street, well, where Griller is now, where Whitworth right. Street underneath the arches. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a theatre underneath the arches. How how did that close? You say it's missing it now. Uh, we were a regularly funded organisation, RFO. Um, so you got money each year from the arts council. Well, we council. got money for three years. Three yeah. Year Cycles yes. on the Arts Council. Um, it's been there for, it was 30 years. Trying to be fair about my analysis. Um, then the Arts Council was moving from that, uh, uh, incarnate to 
um, national portfolio organization, which they changed. You know, just, they just needed to kind of refresh and now we're applying underneath this. Um, Greenroom applied 2006. I didn't get it. Right. So it was one of the lots of organizations kind of didn't get money because money was scarce. Manchester um, has a lot of theatre. I'm not sure if you're aware of this outside of London. It has a hell of a lot of theatre outside of London. It's the most theatre-heavy heavy city. city outside yeah. of London. So it was very competitive to get it was into very that competitive. regularly funded. Absolutely. Um, um, I, I think people are... Well, obviously I would be because I ran it for, as the AD for 14 years. But I do hear people still talk about Green Room now. But, it was, but it, given it was a 200-seater venue in the city of Manchester that was very connected to um, internationalism and Eastern European experimental work. Um, and that's what Green Room was. So it promoted that, it produced that, it commissioned that, um, and it commissioned all that quirky sort of stuff that the mainstream wasn't doing. Um, and and interestingly, because I... I hadn't heard of Green Room yeah. until I started researching for this interview. And our podcast has mainly been about, obviously, this, the Manchester theatre scene at yeah. the moment. So venues like 53.2, yeah. Hope Mill. Um, the, I don't know if they describe themselves as experimental, but it's yeah. not the same thing as what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. I've also heard people say that for that ex- kind of experimental theatre, they often go over to Leeds to places now like Live Art Bistro, That's maybe. Right. That's right. Um, That's exactly what we were doing. So it's very, but it's just interesting about the history of Manchester that people yeah. aren't necessarily aware of. Yeah, very true. Very uh, true. Now, um, but that was so. There's a decision by the Arts Council in 2006 yeah. to no longer fund Green Room, and then it did it wrap up. We ra- we decided to wrap up because it was 60 percent of our funding income. Yeah. Um, so that decision from the Arts Council pretty much, unless we could find a, another funder to replace that. Um, and what, what was that, that like, that time? Was that it- time was a, a difficult time yeah. um, to sort of go, mm, hang on a second, we, we think we're really significant. Um, lots of people think we're really significant. You seem to have gone for the mainstream. There's no change there amongst that. Um, and you've chosen not to do that because you think, I think contact soaked up a lot of that stuff, which is good. Um, and I don't know where they thought that stuff was going to fit. Um, um, I know it hasn't actually fit anyway, because nothing like the green, because the green room had a circuit, you know, it was that, it was the arches in, in Glasgow, you know, um, there were lots of venues doing that sort of quirky stuff. So yeah, it was a difficult time. Um, um, but I always thought, you know, um, it was an important time for me as an individual because I thought, mm, that's never going to happen to me again. Um, what, what do you mean that's never going to? Um, in terms of relying on, on one, fu- relying on one funder so much that if they pull out, no matter who that funder is, it closes organizations. Right, so okay. I'm much more, my, my business model moving forward, given the interest that I've got in terms of the works that I'm trying to develop, um, it's not that I've got multiple funders. Okay. Um, so it's an important, it's, yeah, yeah. It was an important flip in my brain going, mm, that's a, you don't want to be in that position ever again. 
And and then what did you do? Is that the, about the same time that Stun was starting? It was really funny, isn't it? Because um, um, I was running the green room um, as well as keeping this thing going at, at, at a national level in terms of sustained theatre because, you know, the green room wasn't culturally diverse at all. It was a mainstream venue and that's what I was running and doing. Um, but given my background, I always had this sort of, oh, it's really important that this, this is a really important debate. Yeah. And it, and it, and it, it pops up and it disappears and it pops up and it disappears. But I just think it's a really important debate just, just, just to sort of mix up the ecology a little bit, really. Um, so I kept that going at the same time. So when the green room kind of, uh, we decided not to continue with the green room after we talked about it a lot at board level. Um, um, and then sustained theatre was still going. So I kind of kept that going and, and now I don't know. And now you, what, what's your, here. what's your role in sustained theatre? Oh, I'm the director of, um, Stun. Director of Stun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you run the show? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a quick answer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, try to. So, <laughs> so it's, so the, the organization is aimed at working with culturally di- diverse practitioners. What has been in the 15 years that you've been running Stun? How is that situation? Changed in the northwest. I haven't been running some for fifteen years. Sorry, it's all right. It started fifteen years ago. I actually been running this space for about four years. This um, space in ZR. Uh, yeah, yeah. It took a long time to sort of get that lease contracted and organised. And what that is is that we've got a ten year. We bought a ten year lease here. Um. So I always describe it as a bit like a venue within a venue. Um, a 10 year lease, um, um, had a good couple of years ago. And we're actually at the moment, we're kind of, it's a massive venue, Zed yeah. Arts, isn't it? Um, aimed at yeah. community, uh, com- no, big community. No, 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 it's not move on. It's still community. Yeah. It's not my venue. Um, but it, but it's, 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 it's very much focused on, um, children and families. Children and families. Um, and will you kind of go up a series of stair, stairways? Yeah. Um, and Good through several doors, yep. uh, it's a bit like going into Diagon Alley, uh, and then, uh, and we're in this kind of medium sized, small, medium sized yep. theatre space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. We've got a, uh, it's a, uh, um, yep, 10 year lease, got this little um, echoey space that we're in, um, and then we've got a kind of um, in between bit, which is the kitchen, and then we've got an office bit that you first walked into that has 10 desks, which we, um, hire, we hire them out to, um, theatre companies. So we've got, we've got, you know, Drake music in there. We've got, um, Odd Arts. Odd Arts. And, and a few others. We've also got Beat Bazaar in there as a music organization. Um, so that's the idea of those office spaces to kind of raise income. And for those 10 months, we don't pay rent because we've paid for a 10 year lease. So the new business model is we actually don't pay rent or any real water rates. So anything that we, our income is our income that we can okay. kind of look at reinvesting and, moving forward and in that work with culturally diverse artists yep. uh, over the last 10 15 years how has the situation changed in the northwest would you say i think um i think there's a lot more work out there which which was always the attitude um it, we were never it was just about how can we create a groundswell of work and how can that groundswell then find a home within main venues? And I would say I sat here, I'm pleased to sort of go, it's changing as opposed to nothing's changed. You know, you're, you're seeing major arts organizations 
like, you know, the Royal Exchange, uh, the Lowry, I can actually say hand on heart because I know the people that are running those organizations, interested, focused, want to engage, want to know how, more importantly, want to know how best to engage and sustain that as opposed to one-off focuses. Um, and it's great. And we're seeing, you know, Tallow Theatre, I think last year, having the Christmas show at the Royal Exchange. Yeah. Which was Guys and Dolls. Which was yeah. Guys and Dolls indeed. And Tallaway is a... Um, is a London-based. A London-based. Isn't that really funny? We've come full circle from yeah. our conversations yeah. because that was how Sustained Theatre started from Tallaway. Yes. Not getting their capital... Well, having that money yeah. secured, but then something yeah. weird happened in... And ta- Tallaway's focus is um, Black Theatre, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and they did the all black guys and dolls with the Royal they Exchange did. last year. They've done several things with the Royal Exchange, but they but this what was special last year was it was their Christmas period as opposed to any other October Black History yes. Month. Um, so uh, that's good because if you know anything about repertory theatre, that's 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 your prime time. That's so yeah. <laughs> that's eighty yeah. percent of your income. Um, and so that has been a shift. And what yeah. is that? What if everything goes well over the next 15 years, yeah. uh, what would be the the next shifts that you'd like to see? I'd love to see. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd love to be sat here in another 10 years' time to, talking about, you know, a, a Manchester-made influence theatre pipeline. Um, say talent. that again. Um, a Manchester-made pipeline of talent coming out of Manchester, i.e. So, okay. you know, actually hitting... Stages in Birmingham, which we are doing, and London, but you know, a, a sort of a real urban art form coming out of of, of Manchester would be okay. absolutely uh, marvellous, um, and hitting hitting London, Glasgow, Scotland, and um, talking about whatever they want to talk about. But you know, that sort of that that would be a real sort of like an amazing sort of shift, and and actually, I have to I have to say, um, and then. Not having to talk like the way we're talking now. Yes, yeah. would be if you know where I'm coming yeah, yeah. from with that. It's just a, a natural part of British heritage and culture, and um, that would be great as well. That yeah, it's not something you have to push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, and in the, the 15 years at Stum, is there any favourite standout moments? Oh God. <laughs> Or particular artists, not I'm gonna ask. Oh, no, 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 I can't do that. <laughs> that's that's danger. Um, standout moments. My most special moments of running an organization like this that presents works, commissions works, gets artistic mentors and all that sort of stuff is when two artists from different walks of life meet on whatever occasion it is that you've developed in the space, start talking and then a new piece of work happens out of that, 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 that moment that that happens. And it's happened with a bass guitarist and a tap dancer here as well, you know, and now they're actually making a piece of work that will be presented at Whitworth Park Gallery on the 23rd of May. I mean, th- 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 those are my th- those are my special moments. If that makes any any sense. Finally, if somebody's out there listening and they want to find more about Stun, how do they do that? Well, you either email me at uh, Garfield at StunLive.com. 
Um, actually, that's what you do. <laughs> so um, Garfield at stunlive.com. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks so much for chatting to us. And right. um, yeah, thank hope you. it made some sort of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to that interview with Garfield Allen and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, the rest of the interviews in this series are available on our website mbtpodcast.co.uk or you can search in your podcast app or in Spotify for Manchester's Big Theatre Podcast. If you have enjoyed the episode, please do tweet it, share it, uh, let us know via an email or a message and we really do appreciate those comments and uh, next week is our final episode of series three and that's going to be an interview with the theatre company Art with Heart that make uh, socially engaged work in Salford do join us for that and we'll see you next week Mm -hmm.